Hey, welcome to What in the World. We are your hosts today. I am Chris. And I'm Dustin. And today we are brought to you by Baby Clubs, the only company that puts babies on the end of stakes, sticks for beating down home intruders. What's going on, <laughs> Dustin? <laughs> oh, not much, man. I know, personally, when I have to beat in beat down home intruders i always go baby stakes. baby clubs dude i mean you know oh, baby clubs yeah yeah baby clubs well i mean you know there's the off products they've got the baby stick the baby arm on a stick the baby legs on a stick you can go for a long <laughs> stick or a one-handed stick you know do you want oak or ash or ivy it's all up to you man personally i go with the one arm stick i'm more of a dual wielder myself <laughs> you know <laughs> Going all out, I see. Going all out, man. I don't Fuck care the about shield, the man. Fuck that. Uh, damage reduction bonus. I, I'm going for it. I ain't got time. <laughs> so what you what you been up to all day? Oh, fuck, man. I've just been hammering away at like research all fucking day, dude. Oh, research. Uh, do you mind sharing what that research is for? Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, so I am currently working, I'm currently finishing up my junior year, uh, dual majoring in history and political science. So I pretty much science. live, I know, right? Just sex as can be. I mean, have you seen Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, man. Um, no one ever made me want to fuck my purse like Nancy Pelosi, all that leather. <laughs> oh. oh, God, yeah. Just, oh, Texas? Oh, God, Texas, yeah. Just does it for me. Makes them nips hard. Um, nah, but you know, like how it goes with that, man. Just endless research of the 1940 presidential election, the sexiest election I think that's ever happened, you know. Oh, yeah. Just dude. Uh, old white guys in wheelchairs. I mean, uh. dude, dude, how could it not be sexy with a guy named Wendell Wilkie running? Just uh, Wilkie, man. <laughs> the uh. man forgotten uh, to history. It's like Milky, but with a W. I know. <laughs> So what about yourself, man? What have you been up to today? Uh, you know, trabejo, trabejo, trabejo. Work, work, work. All fucking day long. So um, I uh, was spraying Roundup, cleaning up the... Uh, I work on a farm, but uh, yeah, spraying Roundup to take care of some weeds around the property. And when you know what, a nice gust of wind kicked up and it just mm, misted me in Roundup. Oh, yeah. And uh, our chemical it's guy gave us uh, a new chemical uh, to add to the Roundup mix. So I'm like, hmm. I wonder if my skin's going to just start frothing in a few minutes. We have no idea what's in it. Better be careful, man. The EPA's going to be like, wait, what the fuck did they just say? <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, California is so strict on our chemical laws that, like, on a thing of Roundup, they're now introducing California labels as opposed to the rest of the states. Because it's like, oh, you don't have to wear uh, a respirator in 49 states. But guess what? California, you're wearing the fuck out of that respirator. Man, did you see California is about to start putting labels on uh, Starbucks? Yeah, yeah, because this whole coffee causes cancer thing. I mean, it's such bullshit. I mean, everything gives you cancer. You know, sunlight, tea. No, I totally don't. I, well, like the nuts thing, it, granted, clubs. what I'm about to say. <laughs> yeah, baby clubs cause cancer. <laughs> I don't mean to say that about our uh, sponsors. I'm sure they don't. Um, Now, granted, what I say, like is not like I'm going to go ahead and say it, like from what I've heard I haven't like done the hard research but like from what I heard coffee is, itself isn't what causes fucking cancer it's the fucking filters like because the filters they use now are like white where they used to use the brown filters oh, shit. Like, you ever see like the old people that use the brown filters and shit still 
Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks very 1970s-ish, but it's the white filters that supposedly cause cancer, and it's because what it is is what makes them white is they fucking bleach them. Wait, they say the same thing about Wonder Bread, though. It's like, don't eat the wheat bread, not the white bread, because the white bread has been chemically bleached to give it that appearance. Dude, that yeah. shit sucks anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. You know, like, the second you start chewing on it, it's like fucking Play-Doh. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I have a one-year-old a sign, child. It's not, and it's not probably that good for you. Even he recognizes that Wonder Bread sucks. He's all about that potato bread. I, see, I, I, I like just, I try to quit eating bread anyway. Like, it sucks. I'm so fucking modern right now. I'm like, oh, I don't eat bread. I'm off bread. Yeah. But like, when I do eat bread, like, I, I try to get like French or Italian style, you know, like at the bakery. Yeah, it's a different fucking texture, dude. It tastes different. Like it doesn't taste all like chewy and shit. Wait, I just had a brain fart. What kind of bread? Like when you go to like the bakery, like in the grocery store, they'll have like the Italian and French bread. Oh yes. Like I try if I eat bread, I try to only eat that shit because like it tastes different, dude. It doesn't taste all chewy like fucking like sandwich bread. Fresh fucking loaf of French bread. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Bread aside, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Go, go and get lost in the bread conversation yeah, here. Yeah, not to get into that, but try some gluten-free bread. It's actually really good. I mean, how the fuck can bread be gluten-free, dude? It, I, let me tell you, bread it is, is essentially it's nothing but it gluten. gluten. It's, Have you seen the Deadpool trailer, like the official one that just released? The one that came out to I saw they put one out today that was like a breast cancer awareness trailer. But. Oh no shit! I was I was talking about the actual movie one where his girlfriend's like, "Where the hell have you been?" He's like, "Rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching it into space, so where it can continue not to harm us." <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen that one yet. I've seen the first two. I saw the one where he was the phone booth, well, and then the yeah, other yeah, one where like releasing... Cable's arm wasn't done yet. Yes, and then the one they released like I don't know two weeks ago or so was like the official trailer we would play it for you but i don't like lawsuits in episode what's i guess is one the volume two baby yeah baby so did you see uh hear the big news uh for video games in korea no what's going on uh korea will now institute a 900 and penalty for any games that throw loot boxes in are you fucking shitting me nope because that is gambling and they've got some strict laws on that so you open up a loot box, it's random what you get. There's no guarantee. Yeah, yeah. To it. That's actually how games, um, at least what I from I saw online of you know don't don't furiously type at me, uh, was a guy uh, who explained that like oh and you know Magic the Gathering or Pokemon that's not necessarily gambling because you're guaranteed one rare, three uncommons, six commons, what have you, uh, to a degree. Cause I mean, what, what loot, 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 loot boxes, like the subscription service. No loot boxes. Like you're playing a video game, like uh battlefront two. That was the big controversy. And it's like, Oh, oh okay. I thought you meant like uh, no, power I'm ups loot or weapon skins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which we're not sponsored by. So they can go fuck themselves um, oh, okay. <laughs> until they sponsor us. So, so they sponsor us and Hey man, hey, you, loot, loot <laughs> crates. Loot crate. you probably won't get a baby on a stick. <laughs> I'm sure if if radio waves could could travel through the space time continuum and you gave Vlad the Impaler a radio, he's like leaning forward in his chair right now. Tell, tell me what about the this fuck baby, is stick. baby on a stick. <laughs> this intrigues me. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler, a fan of baby on the stick and kebabs. <laughs> yeah, have you, did I send you that meme of Vlad the Impaler discovers uh, marshmallows? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, oh. sticks it on the stick. Well, these are fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like, I don't know. Dude, Korea has fucking weird laws. Didn't they, like, implement, like, you can only play video games for, like, a certain amount of time? Oh. Like, you can only log on for certain hours? Uh, Korean weird video. Not, not like, you couldn't log on past 10, but I thought they did. Oh, they I thought they passed the law. South Korea passed a shutdown law in 2011. Um, <laughs> shutdown law for Cause I remember like a under the age look. of 16 from playing online video games between midnight and 6 a.m. I remember uh, it was like a fucking, it was a young couple. They're, they let their fucking baby starve because they were like super into StarCraft. Oh, that was Warcraft. And they, Don't sully StarCraft's huh? good name. <laughs> well, was is it was a Warcraft? It was Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, I remember that article in uh, Playboy because uh, they were seeing like what game had the highest kill count, and it's like EverQuest, which was never as big as WoW is today. Dude, EverQuest was, sucked, man. I, I know, but that was the original like big MMO before Warcraft came on the scene, and Warcraft was new. And it's like, who's got more kills? And it's like, oh, you know, so many people have died playing this. But Warcraft, just the other week, you know, killed a baby from, from neglect from its parents. Do, does anyone... I haven't met anyone in a while that still plays Warcraft. Um, I don't know. But I, I, mean, I know it's still a big server, but like... On Discord, I got man, he, years he's ago. back on. And I'm like, what are you doing? I only played for two months stretches at a time when you got the free trial cards for like buying a different Blizzard game or some shit. Like two oh no, I was free. I was super into it back in the day, dude. Oh, I was yeah. super you, into uh, it. Horde or Alliance? Oh, Horde, dude. Fuck oh, yeah, Alliance. There we go. There's a man, dude. Dude, if you, like <laughs> I try to make an Alliance, I try to make an Alliance character one time because I had like two different Horde characters going, mm -hmm. and like I'd mix it up every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I want to try something different, you know? Yeah. And um, I'd try me a Night Elf. Yeah, no, I tried a dwarf, and like when you switch to the alliance, for some reason, back, I don't know if it's, it's still this way now, but back in the day, it would be all like thirteen-year-old kids just talking mad shit to you, <laughs> like, like "Fuck <laughs> uh, you, fucking asshole." That's the nice thing about Warcraft. I get older, the players stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Not bad. Like I, I used to log serious hours in that shit, dude. Like. Like right when the uh, the Night King came out, uh, I, I oh that was like the first or second expansion. Wasn't that was it? like I think it was like the second. It might have been the third one. It was back in like two thousand. Uh, uh, was it the Lich King? Night King? Yeah, and I, yeah, and the Lich King. And uh, that's how long it's been since I played that shit, man. Um, but like I would take like yeah, I'd have oh two days off God, work, dude. The Lich King came out November thirteenth, two thousand and eight. Oh, so 2008. Yeah, dude. I would fucking take. I would have two days off work, and I would just get a case of beer and just sit at my like. I'd start at like 10 o'clock at night and just drink and play for like six, seven hours straight, dude. Oh man, now yeah, we've all been there, man. I used to do the same thing with like, uh, well, you know, I was never doing MMOs, but like StarCraft was a big one because we would throw like house land parties, and you'd go outside, and it's like, oh fuck, it's sunrise. Dude, I remember you were like that when we were in Florida. Like, I remember taking me and you drove to go get the midnight release for StarCraft. I wasn't even into StarCraft. I was oh, like, yeah, fuck it, I'll go. Midnight release at GameStop, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are the Halo losers doing out here? Losers. <laughs> That's what you guys Dude, are. Uh, I brought that shit up the other day at school. I was like, man, they're all talking about 
you know, like the new Call of Duty and shit like that. And I was like, dude, I really wish they'd make like a new Halo. And this kid looks at me and goes, I haven't played Halo since fucking elementary school. I was like, are you fucking shit? me? Get the fuck out of here. Like, granted, you have no, say, no I... respect for the goddamn OG gamers. Yeah, yeah, seriously. No, Generation Z, man. What a bunch of little fucking entitled cunts. People blame everything on millennials, but I'm like, have you looked at Generation Z? Because technically it's like kids age 22 to 36 is is millennials and Generation Z is under that. No, it's like 22 to what the current age. I think millennials is 23 maybe to 31. Something. Something like that. Dude, I'm glad they changed it because we used to be called Generation Y. And it was because why do we exist? Like we don't have like. Oh yeah, we don't have a purpose. Like the most extinct, like okay. So the start date, date uh, is nineteen eighty-one. Okay, according to Google, really for generation for the millennials. Yeah, so doesn't that? that, I feel like they would fall under Generation X, though. See, I see, I I think that is bullshit because, like, if you look at my older brother, who's (laughs) thirty-two, is technically a millennial. He's born in eighty-five, and then my younger brother is. Uh, 25, you know, there's there's a huge difference between uh, those two. And yeah, fuck that, dude. If you're like 11 years old, when Nevermind by Nirvana came out, you're a fucking Generation X. I'm sorry. You're just like, you fall no, in that generation. Yeah, that's true, man. And I think the gaps are too big. I think they should do it by like decades. No, I, I mean, that makes sense, dude. You know, um, yeah, fuck Generation Z, though. I mean, they've never not grown up without technology i mean it's like yeah my my dad was like a biker and a nerd at the same time so like we had internet in the house but it's like it was fucking useless in 1998 you know what the fuck was i doing fuck yeah it was dude it was useless in <laughs> well, i was going to natgeo.com and playing that one flash game they had that loaded sometimes going on google images having like a nice five minute wait for like one picture to pop up on your fucking thing oh man those were the those were the dark ages you'd be like downloading <laughs> some like oh you know hot chick oh i'm gonna download this picture it's like oh come back in two minutes like oh hot face come back in like six minutes it's like oh shit she's got huge tips you wait like 15 more minutes like oh there's a belly button she's got some sexy abs you wait five more oh, minutes a straight bush. Yeah, this penis. Is no nope she's got a penis <laughs> get out of here Dude, but like, they'll never know the struggle of what it's like to give your computer fucking AIDS so you can download shit on Napster. <laughs> yeah. It'd be the wrong fucking song. You download, you wait 20 minutes for it to download, and it's the wrong oh, song yeah. that someone fucking mislabels. Someone mislabels that shit, or it's got nothing to do with anything. It would be like a commercial bite. And it's like, really? Let me say this right now, because I hope someone hears this and be like, fuck yes, that happened to me too. Like, I used to be obsessed with John Frusciante. And those of you that do not know who John Frusciante is, um, he was the Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest guitarist. Well, like, he constantly quits the band and rejoins the band because, like, he has really horrible heroin problems. And he'll break away to do his own little solo shit while he's doing it. And Which is like someone wh- threw a, guitar, uh, a raccoon inside of a synthesizer and <laughs> let it run around. It really is. But occasionally <laughs> is, you get... No, it is awesome. But, I, I love you get a really thing. badass song every once in a while but there's a song you used to download on napster and it would say john Frusciante, and it was called the heroin song and i knew like six other people i've met throughout my life that like did not grow up in my inner circle i mean i've known people that downloaded the same song they lived in fucking turkey it was called the heroin song and it was 
It said it was by John Vershante, and it wasn't by John Vershante. Someone just misfucking labeled it. And it's like one of the coolest songs I've ever heard in my fucking life. And no one knows who the fuck that dude is that wrote that fucking song. <laughs> and that was the years of Napster, which was just mislabeling shit, and you'd wait 20 minutes for it to download. Like, I don't know if I ever showed you that song, dude. Like, I seriously met, like, people all over the world that, like, randomly, I'd meet people that were, like, a John Frusciante fan. Mm-hmm. And we'd start talking about that, and they'd be like, I fucking download that song, too, dude. I don't know who the fuck sings that song. No, no, I never ran into that. that uh, uh, but I, I wasn't listening to John Frusciante until I was, like, you know, individu- uh, individual I think until we were until in was, Florida when I was yeah, showing you. until I, like, met you, and you're like, no, no, he's got his own solo shit. It's weird, dude. Like the John, like his whole story is really strange because like Johnny Depp's like super invested into him and like helps like produce his early yeah, albums. Well, it's just needs, a really weird story. I don't, I don't watch the movies that I'm in, and I don't listen to the music John Frusciante produces. But it's all genius. I just, I just like the aura he gives off. It's like, why are you talking with a British accent? You're from fucking like Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> Didn't your wife like <laughs> cheat on you, divorce you, and like take? Three million dollars, because that's what she did to her last three husbands. You talking about the chick that was in the Rum Diaries? I don't fucking know. Was that his his ex wife? His current ex wife? That was one. That was one of his ex wife. I don't know if it was his current one. Yeah, I don't know how many he goes through. What's his <laughs> wife's per capita? I don't. <laughs> hey man, you Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, true that. Dude, that dude's like fifty three years old, still making money, like selling cologne. I saw an ad for today on TV. I was like, fucking seriously. Uh, cologne ads to me have always been the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. It's a dude wearing a nice suit with like a fancy. He, watch he's always in the desert with like hand. a classic car. Yeah, and it's like, can I scratch and sniff this ad? No, then it's useless. Nothing says is what's the scent here? Like burning rubber on sand? <laughs> is that you, you always see that same ad. And you're like, come on, man. I've lived in the desert before. I know what you smell like. You smell like fucking just like swamp dick right now. You just sweating your ass <laughs> off in the goddamn desert. <laughs> Swamp you do dip. not smell like Johnny, Johnny Depp rolling Depp. out of Paris nightclub. <laughs> we call it Depp Deek. That's, that's the brand. Oh, that's even worse, dude. <laughs> oh, next week brought to you by Depp Deek. <laughs> smell, smell like desert swamp dick. Ever been trapped on a desert island for years on end? Ever tried to fuck anything that washed up on shore? That's what your dick will smell like. It's Depp Deek. Try Depp Deek. <laughs> <laughs> Sad time we live in. What what flavor? <laughs> so uh, everyone in podcast land can hear you right now. What, I know. I'm sorry. No, no, you vape away, man. You do you. You know, it's it's not as annoying. Like as long as you don't eat Doritos in a microphone, we're good. <laughs> okay, so I know I'm getting shit. People are like, yeah, fucking vapor. I hated vaping for years. I fucking made fun of those people. I make fun of myself all the time. I'm like, God damn it, I'm one of those fuckers. Um. But now I have switched from Palm Hall Menthol Blacks to Golden Graham Slam vape uh, juice mixed with menthol. <laughs> man, I've got to send you that Vape God video. Uh, it's like an animated one. I think it's like the same dude who did like Charlie the Unicorn back in the day. <laughs> Charlie, you're going to Candy Man. Yes, for all you uh, 14-year-olds listening, I know there's at least one. Uh, go look up at Charlie the Unicorn, whatever. It's ancient. It's back in the Flash days. And it's fucking hilarious. I, I rewatched that video. This Michelle had never seen Charlie the Unicorn. Really? 
And, and, okay, so I got it's. Let me explain. Michelle is my fiance, and um, she has never seen Charlie the Unicorn until the summer. She had never heard of Old Greg until the summer. And I showed her old Greg, and that's like her <laughs> sh- fucking shit now. She thinks old Greg's like the funniest way to play. I mean, it still is fucking hilarious. I rewatched no, it somewhere. I know, and I was but like, if she if she talks to somebody, like makes a reference to it, they're like, "Isn't that like twenty years old?" Oh, it's hilarious, dude. Because like I got, her, she's like making old Greg references, and now like I'm making them again. You know, because it's been so long since I've seen. It. It's like this is a painting of Bailey's. This is another painting of Bailey's up close, so your eyeballs don't get wet. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I, that was like, that show was complete shit, but that that one skit was like fucking genius. Uh, wasn't um, that was, it was the adults. fucking mighty? Bo- yeah, it was the fucking mighty, mighty boosh. Bo- Thank you. I was like mighty mouse. Yeah, no, it was one fucking like for now. Like when people like when you watch Adult Swim now, like on Saturday night, they do. Uh, anime night. Well, not was it like five? It, it might have been six years ago. They used to do British night, and they would do like shows like The Mighty Boosh and um, the British version of The Office. Which I like The Office. I'm sorry, I do not like Ricky Gervais. I don't find him fucking funny mm, at all. I, I'm in the same boat. You know, all the hipsters just you got to watch the British Office. It's like, no, I don't. That show fucking sucks, dude. The first two episodes, like, but I'm not willing to like grind through hours to get to the gold. You know, like it's really not worth it, man. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some British shit that's way better than the American counterpart. Like Death at a Funeral. I do not like the American version, but the British version's fucking hilarious and um what do you got against midgets and black people hmm? it's the same fuck, it's the <laughs> same midget but it's fucking Tyrion lannister and both fucking yeah I, I can't which is fucking a, weird his name for some reason but i'm a big fan peter dinklage <laughs> yeah peter dinklage i, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the it's other day good, it's good like, do, do all midgets like aspire to be peter dinklage you know they're, they're all anyone in the acting business in the industry as they call it uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm an Oompa Loompa, I'm an elf, I'm I'm this or that. Well, they have, you know, they actually like, have a fucking actors union, and like, Peter it's Dinklage. the most meeting name ever. It's the fucking, the like, they have guild? like a, lo- <laughs> yeah, it's the Lollipop Guild, it's what they call it. It's what? like the little person. What? Yeah, that's actually what it's called. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> I was just making shit up. Yeah, no, dude. It's actually called the fucking Lollipop Guild. It's like a, the little person's actors union in fucking Hollywood. Like the Screen Actors Guild, they have the Lollipop Guild. Yeah, song <laughs> and the Lollipop Guild. Dude, like, for real. Like, you could not, like, make a more demeaning name. Like, oh, oh my God, God dude. I, like, you I just set yourself up for jokes. Yeah, and I Googled that shit and got, like, the saddest video ever. 93 year old Wizard of Oz Munchkin, Jerry Marin sings the Lollipop Guild. It's like, oh my, oh yeah, it's fucking, it, it's depressing, dude. And like, have you ever looked into like the making of the Wizard of Oz? That in itself is like a horribly sad story. Um, I, you know, I know of the rumors like, uh, the, the guy hanging in the background and, uh, like Dorothy wasn't allowed to eat things so they could keep her in. in her <laughs> yeah, dude, so they wouldn't let her. They made her drink like twenty cups of black coffee and smoke like two packs of cigarettes. It's like you gotta be young and fresh, girl. Drink this black <laughs> coffee, coffee and, and cigarettes. cigarettes keep you young. Because <laughs> it's nineteen thirty nine, and everyone that's look, the key to health. <laughs> look at Agnes over there; she's doing great. How you doing, sugar? Plus cocaine. How you doing, sugar tits? <laughs> How you doing, sweet tits? <laughs> Agnes, 
this is my key to beauty. It's about two packs of these a day. Which I, I don't know if you're a Venture Brothers fan, but man, Doctor Girlfriend. Whew. Pretty much, dude. <laughs> like I, I haven't I watched Venture Bros. Where and... he catches her smoking, and he's like, "You smoke?" She's like, "Oh, like two packs of uh, cotton a day? You couldn't fucking tell." <laughs> dude, my favorite one is. Uh... I, I, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking. It's the one that they kept fucking tranquilizing the fucking pirate dude. And he's I like, shouldn't be I here. The dark I shouldn't on my be here. Look at me. He I'm in this in room. He, should, he like sticks out his arm like a heroin. He's like, I'm not supposed to be here. Give me another dart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking love that episode. Oh my god, that's yeah. That's I like think a that's fucking also classic. the one where he's inside. They they form Voltron. And he's in the arm, but they play on the joke. You know how they're all in their different vehicles controlling this robot. Well, he's yeah. in the hand where the the tiger's head was, and so they grab the sword and they swing it back. And it, <laughs> as he they swing the sword forward down at full speed, it shows him in the cockpit, and he like gets sucked back into the fucking seat from the G forces. <laughs> are, are, they, are they still? I don't think they're still making Adventure Bros. Are they? Uh, I think the next season's supposed to come out, man. That last season is dude. Like, it sucks, dude. Like Adventure Bros. became like like the Boondocks, where it's like. Uh, like, all right, cool. We'll see you in like three years when the next season comes out. Uh, season. But Rick and Morty does the same shit, man. Like Rick and Morty. Like I was thinking about the other day. I was like, oh, dude, I have seriously. What for New Venture Bros? Uh, November eleventh, twenty eighteen. What season are they on? Like season seven. three. Really, season Venture seven. Bros, like yeah, I was seven. joking about season three, but like it didn't seem like they did that many seasons to it. No, when it no. first came out, they were rolling out pretty quickly, and now it's just Well, like, I mean, the, if you watch that feet. show, though, you watch animation go from, like, Scooby-Doo. Like, remember, like, C-Lab and all those No, that's shows? why I love it, because it was, it's, I mean, I love C-Lab, and I loved Harvey Birdman, but, like, C-Lab literally took the, I mean, they didn't change the animation. They took the animation that was there and just dubbed over the voices. Yeah, yeah. And cool. Adventure Time, I'm not Adventure Time, uh, fucking Adventure Bros was literally like a complete new version of like the old school Hanna-Barbera era. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, uh, cause venture bros, I mean, you, you literally see that progress going from like cheap shit to the craziest shit you've ever seen. You know, like no, venture bros is good. infinitely better. And, um, <laughs> yeah, this last season was, uh, was some of my favorite shit ever. They introduce, uh, what the hell's it's the, their version of the Red Skull, and he's like the scariest fucking thing on the planet. But uh, I, I won't spoil that. I need to go re rewatch it. Speaking of which, they move to the city and they like inherit his dad's New York Tower, and he like puts his brother out of Doctor Venture puts his midget brother out of business and <laughs> takes all his stuff because he's such a shitty person. Brock, am I a bad person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Hank. God damn, dude. You're fucking... It's getting dead on, man. You're about to no, be able to do a good job. You know, I can't, I can't get my voice all the way up there because i I got a kid sleeping in the other room. But yeah, I'm, oh, I'm getting pretty good yeah. at uh, Brock Samson. Hank, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, how do I make these girls like me? The Hankinator wants to know. That shit right there. You don't do that. He's like, be honest, you guys are losers. Here's my wallet. Don't let them pay for anything. That's your best bet. That's uh, fucking hilarious, dude. You're, you're getting pretty good at that. Yeah. So. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. Here, a, uh, we don't allow still buddy. air on this podcast. You speak. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to tell you, dude. My buddy, he was uh, actually sent me a message tonight. Um, Lost Dog Street Band's coming to Virginia in a couple weeks. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who have not heard of this band, you get on that fucking internet right now and you look up the Lost Dog Street Look up Lost Dog Street Band. The Mountain, specifically. Although, uh, God, what is that other song? Dude, like every one of their songs is fucking awesome. Uh, um, I went down to Georgia. Yeah, I went down to Georgia and he he wasn't looking for a soul to steal. That song is amazing. Not even that, like September Doves, Terrible and True. Oh, like September I, I've Doves never, is really good too. I've never heard a bad song by by uh, Lost Dog. If you're like, let me go and explain them. Like Lost Dog is, how would you describe them, dude? I I have such a hard time describing. Them I would to people. say a traditional, like down to reaches as it gets, uh, American like bluegrass folk slash folk band. You know, it's yeah. like you can say and American, like a traditional American folk band, but that's that's a bluegrass band, you know, at the end of the day. But they're not. No, they these, totally are. You and know, like when super you think, fast banjo licks, you know, talking about pickup trucks and shit, you know. Uh, yeah, they, fuck they that. Like the same thing is when you think folk, a lot of people think that bullshit like Mumford and Sons. It's totally not like that. Like Benjamin yeah. Todd, who is the lead singer and uh, his wife plays fiddle with him in the band, like. That shit is authentic as it gets. Like if you think of like, like Americana in like the eighteen hundreds, that is fucking Lost Dog Street Band. Yeah, they are the real up. fucking deal. Like they gave like Jack Benjamin White Todd, a, an antique boner. They they really do, dude. Like I'm sure Jack White just sits at home, just like, oh god, I just want to record him so bad. <laughs> I like, can't wait um, till it's the year twenty one hundred and I'm still immortal and I can buy this old music. But yeah, they, they're uh, they're the real deal. Like Benjamin Todd, like spent. They're not that old, dude. They're like in their like late twenties. But like he spent the from the time he was like sixteen, I think, to the time he was like twenty three, just hopping rails across the country with his fucking banjo and yeah, like yeah, hanging out with like old like school hobos. Fuck, it's crazy. They like live in a powerless trailer out in the woods. No, like in the, they actually just put out a new song today, and it's called um. Well, not today. It came out like two days ago. It's called uh, "Bring Back Somebody." Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking good, but like the video shows their house, and they bought like an old school like house in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and it's just like surrounded by woods. And like the video just showed them like jamming and just hanging out like around the homestead and shit, like shooting old school like Winchester repeaters and like Henry rifles. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's actually a pretty bad. Like that's the that is the cool thing about Lost Dog Street Band. Like every song they put out. Like every new song they put out, I'm like, holy shit, this is way better than anything they've done before. Well, hey man, that's that's the key to a, a successful career in anything, you know. Nowadays, you gotta it's gotta be better than the last thing. That's oh, totally, you dude. Up uh, momentum in a modern industry. Dude, I was actually at. I went out Saturday night uh, to the bar in town, right? Yeah. And uh, I met this dude who uh, he plays shows like outside the city and stuff like that, but like it. The reason I'm thinking of it is because, like, I was telling about Lost Dog Street Band because he was telling me we're talking about music, and he was telling me like he's like the greatest artist right now is Jason Isbell, and that blew my fucking mind because like no one knows who the fuck Jason Isbell is, and for your, those of you who Isbell. don't know who he is, huh? If we you don't know vampires? Jason Isbell, no, no. Uh, Jason Isbell used to be one of the main songwriters in Drive By Truckers. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, he, um, him and Patterson Hood were like the main songwriters. And uh, if you've uh, never looked at Truckers, look up like My Sweet Annette, Outfit, and... Uh, well, that whole album was gold. That whole album. You know. Even putting, putting people on the moon, which is on the album after that, I believe, is just... I, I live in a small town in Virginia, like up in like the... I live in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountain. And it's a small old mill town that the mills have left. It's a dying town. And uh, Drive-By Truckers does a song called Putting People on the Moon. And that is like the summation of what it's like to live in a dying small town. Yeah. And then how would you describe Drive-By Truckers? (laughs) I've told people this story all the time. I was like, imagine like the shadiest shittiest like redneck bar like in the country right (laughs) yeah and you're like a normal fucking person and you just like happen to stumble in there and what the fuck you like how you would describe it to your friends that's how drive-by truckers sound it's like the just it there's they're from like i want to say they're from birmingham and like in alabama and they're I've always described country. them is well, they're southern rock and blues. Yeah, they're southern rock and blues, but, uh, and the, some songs are kind of country. Leonard Skinner with a little bit of class. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what if Leonard yeah, Skinner no, wasn't actually, just that, total that, white trash? Like that boom drive-by truckers. It, it'd either be that, or like say if like a punk band was super into Leonard Skinner, and they decided to make like an album in that vein. And it's kind of like that. It really describes like the perfect Southern, you know, like well, being yeah, in the South. Well, when you say Southern rock, people automatically, that's kind of like what they jump to, at least. You know, yeah, it, they... it's always that. But um, a lot of people write it off whenever you say Southern rock. And I always try to tell people, I'm like, imagine growing up in the South and not feeling like you belonged, but just how you like take in everything around you what you would write about it's like more of that perspective absolutely nail on the head right there you know they they really uh they sing a lot about their their ostrac ostrac being ostracized ostracization ostracization yeah ostracized <laughs> they're they're being ostracized in their their own society but still very much have that culture ingrained with it within them and that's do that honestly like that's why i dig them man that's kind of how it feels i don't know that's kind of how it feels to grow up like in the South. Like, cause I, I grew up in the South. A lot of people, uh, if you're from the South and you listen to me talk, you won't really think I'm from the South, but I have spent my m- majority of my life in the South. Oh, you, and, you snap and, that thing on and off. You'll be like talking like on this podcast, you'll be talking normal and your dad will be like, Hey, something, something, something. You'd be like, nah, dude, that fuck that. It's right over there. Yeah, tell you that. <laughs> yeah it's true. Like my, my family has a very, very thick southern accent and i've tried my whole life to avoid having one uh if i talk to my uncle i'm like hey man what are you doing man like, oh no man just doing it you know i talk like boom hour from king of the hill um <laughs> but i really try to avoid talking like that um it's not that i don't have like any pride in being from the south it's just i just always i i never like talking like that you know mm-hmm. and um but growing up from that mentality of like, I don't want to be like, you know, I, I have pride in this shit and I don't want to be like this though. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to live and die in the small town. That shit really strikes a chord. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I feel you completely. But, uh, 
<laughs> not in the accent wise. Even though people, I know, right? Dude, you hella got a California accent. I'm like, that's not even a thing. <laughs> but no, that's the sh- people from here think I'm fucking California because <laughs> me and you've been friends for like fucking ten years. And you know, when you're friends with people, you pick up certain words. And one word I got from you is hella, <laughs> and I use hella a lot. And like hella, people, hella. like, oh man, are you from California? I'm like, no, born and raised in uh, Danville, Virginia. <laughs> like, well, I wasn't raised. I was born here. I was, I was fucking military brats. So I moved around a lot. I'm into that. Oh, dude. Speaking of fucking languages, funniest shit ever today. The Flintstones. Um, no. <laughs> someone, someone said something that makes Filipinos super pissed off to me today. Okay. So. For uh, no one on here is going to know except for Chris. Um, my fiance is Filipino, Filipino. and Filipina, yeah, is from the Philippines. Yeah, oh. yeah, she's, she's from the Philippines. No, she was born in the Philippines. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like I can't think of the name of the base. Like, um, like her mom was Filipina, and her dad was uh, in the Air Force, so she was born at the American oh, Air she, Force Base in citizenship. No, no, oh, she does not because she was awesome. born on because because they got married. Um, oh. It's like dual, holding dual citizenship is weird. It's kind of like it's, it's not that common to hold dual citizenship with the United States and other countries. Unless you happen to be a member of Congress or a part of President Obama's defensive staff, because ah, then you're probably from Israel. Anyways, continue. <laughs> We're not going to go on that with <laughs> opinions on Israel. Kind of Zionist. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so anybody who was anyway, listening uh, just went done. I know, right? Done. Either they either went, ah, oh, this fucking Zionist, or oh, this fucking anti-Zionist. Um, <laughs> you anti-Semite. I know, right? How dare you have a different I, opinion on me about a country thirty-five hundred miles away from here? I know, right? But anyway, like. Uh, so someone asked me today, they're like, do you speak Tagalog? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, do you speak Tagalog? And I was like, you mean Tagalog? They're like, no, it's pronounced Tagalog. And I was like, no, dude, it's pronounced Tagalog, bro. And the reason that story, the reason it's fucking hilarious is because I told Michelle, who's my fiance, and like I said, she's Filipina. Filipina. Sorry, let me say it for you. That is their fucking pet peeve. It is the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> Tagalog. To tell Filipinos that they speak Tagalog, they're like, "It's fucking Tagalog." <laughs> like, they will fucking snap shit on you in a heartbeat. And like, Michelle was born in the Philippines, but she left when I think she was like one or two when she left. So like, she speaks Tagalog when she was a kid, but like her mom like emphasized speaking English. So like, she really can't speak shit. Like her sisters can speak it. Like her sisters are younger than her. And her sisters can speak Tagalog pretty well, but they speak it with like an American accent. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, that's the funniest shit in the world to them. I I fucking like love every time someone tells me it's pronounced Tagalog. I make sure to tell like her and her mom and Lola, well, which Lola is you're at family dinner with uh, all of them. Be like, yeah, hey Michelle, did, did you and your like cousins and stuff ever play hide and seek in the woods? She'd be like, yeah, and you'd be like, did you ever uh, Tagalog? <laughs> <laughs> dude it's fucking I, like, I, I fucking love black eye <laughs> dude I, I'm not trying to talk shit I just think it's funny to tell them that cause like they get so pissed off 
But right. like, I love Filipinos, dude. They're like the fucking salt of this earth. They're the coolest fucking. They have like one of the coolest fucking cultures. <laughs> they do, man. They're all. They're all. They're all and having a good time. You can't and doing karaoke. They fucking love some karaoke, man. Yeah. Well, I wish it were the same for China because every time I learn more about Chinese culture, the sadder I get because it's all depressing. <laughs> From like 1940 Dude, a... onwards, it's like, oh, 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 <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until you get well, to, uh, what the hell is it? What's the Li Ping? Li Pang? I actually think, um, um, yeah, uh, God, no, I'm talking about so... I'm, what they call because they call it New China, and so like New Chinese history. <laughs> depressing yeah they do everybody's got um, somebody that was affected by like the purges or the great famine or they were you know i don't like, oh I it's, do it's sucks, oh, he's an intellectual let's beat him to death it sucks dude because like joe and lie really tried to do some great things and then like that was when mal kind of went into retirement mm-hmm. and then he was like implementing a lot of shit to kind of like you know he's implementing a lot of like really good socialist things in the sense that you know, China was a communist country, but he was implementing a lot of laws that kind of like benefited people, like helping them to, you know, trying to get the population's reading percentage up and like the healthcare oh, up and God, shit like that. Man, and Mao got super jealous and just fucked that country up during the great leap forward. That, that's one thing that really pissed me off. The more, uh, if anyone has wants to know more about uh, China or Chinese culture, go read uh, Peter Hessler's two years on the Yangtze. I think that's the that's the name of the first book. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's called Rivertown. Two years on the Yangtze. Rivertown. There we go. That was it. But like, goddamn, learning about Mao's wife, who I never knew existed, and now they're trying to like get rid of her from history over there. Oh yeah, dude, they're trying. Like, they don't want to make her. We don't need ABCs. Oh, we don't need grocery stores. Everyone grows food in their backyard. Why do we need an iron industry when everyone can just smelt in their backyard? And it's like, okay, you you helped drive everything into the ground. Yeah, if. No time for ABCs. And, you know, so he's, Peter he's Hessler, for those of you who don't know, is probably one of the greatest writers that's existed like in the last 20 years. Like uh, he's f- fucking awesome. Uh, definitely and, up there on the best period uh, travel writers. You know, like if you've never been, uh, oh, like, I've yeah. wanted to go to China. But now I feel like I don't need to because like he asks every question to every person he meets that I would be interested in. And like he really takes you, you know, walking from big cities to the backwoods and culture and uh, activities all the way in between. And I mean, he's gone from airplanes to trains to buses to uh, what are those little two man boats on the river called? Yeah, I can't. Tight, I don't know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I think so. Taypans, Traypans. Yeah. Ba- basically tray what we're, we're uh, river town starts out. He has a couple books uh, where river town starts out is he goes to be to a college in China and he goes to be an American teacher there. And it's it's roughly like four hundred. Would you say four hundred pages? I don't know. I, I audibled it, so oh, like nine okay. hours. yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> it's not it's not a long book at all. But um, it's a really detailed book, and he exper- he like he gives his experience while he's he's pretty much being a teacher and going out and interacting in the community in the Yangtze on the Yangtze River. And he's kind of, he's not living in Beijing at that point. He's living in kind of the rural area. And that book super is a super good introduction to uh, Chinese culture, and then he has a follow up book called Oracle Bones. And Chris, you're reading that right now, aren't you? Oh man, I am loving that book, man. Because 
this is one thing I really wanted to cover today. All y'all motherfuckers never heard of Uyghurs. I know you haven't, because there's about 700 in the U.S. Uh, calculating for the time that he wrote that book to today. I'm going to say about Is there really only 700 in the when, when he wrote Oracle Bones, there were only 500 in the U.S. It, like, once you learn about Uyghurs, like, if everyone thinks all Chinese people are the same, and so the second you start Uyghurs reading this books, you're like, oh, wait, no, they're not. To spell Uyghurs, it's U Y G H U R S. So that, that'll throw you through a loop there. But, like, these are people who live in China and speak, well, they always speak multiple languages, but uh, they look they like Turkish. Turkish or Italian, or, uh, you know, they're from Kazakhstan. But basically, these were the people that traveled from. Turkey to China on the Silk Road back in the day and as the world kind of became full of borders and unable to cross they kind of were stuck in locations so their people are very scattered but they do have their own independent culture and they are you know being repressed basically by the Chinese government and it's fucking weird because um, they're technically Chinese by birth but they speak the Turkish language and I mean, really, it's it's just kind of Turkish. Like uh, in, in Oracle Bones, you, you follow uh, Polat, which is a very sketchy Uyghur friend of Peter Essler's. That dude's into some shady shit. But basically, which is he a goes, phenomenal story. Yeah, I mean, he after nine eleven on the day of nine eleven, he went to go visit some of his Turkish friends, Turkish Uyghurs, who lived in uh, who lived outside of the ghetto in D.C. because he was stuck in the ghetto once he got to America and he wanted out of there. These people would offer him help. But that day, nine eleven happened. So when he knocked on their door, they wouldn't answer. But he says, like, "Oh, I don't, I don't speak Turkish very well." But like the Uyghur tongue is like semi-Turkish, and so they're able to communicate through basics that way. It's it's very strange. But like these guys are <laughs> the, the middlemen of the Far East. I mean, they were literally like started as traders, and then they met the Mongols, and then they became the the bookkeepers for the Khanates because they gave the Mongols the written language and basically would record whatever they said and did. And then, in, you know, in China, it's like, oh, you know, you need silk. We can get you silk. You know, that shit was on lockdown for a, a millennia until some priest actually managed to get some uh, breeding worms uh, in Europe. And up until that point, the only way to get those worms and, you know, attempt to keep them alive was through the Uyghurs. So very, very interesting people. You know, they, they yes. dress almost right. Their women wear like almost Russian garb with like the headscarves and everything of very bright colors. What are those things called? Babushkas? Yeah, I think it's uh, and, things yeah, they wear something like that. And then depending on the religion of the dude, you know, they'll wear from turbans to the little white hats to little little Jewish thingies. Um. So very, very interesting people. You didn't know they existed. You do now. And uh, they'll surprise the fuck out of you. Yeah, it's, I've not read a bad thing for Peter Hessler. It, it is really probably one of the best reads I've had in a long time. Like probably since high school when I was reading like Hemingway and shit like that. It's that good. It Damn, really okay, is that good. So I'm looking at some numbers here. Yeah. And there's estimated to only be about a million Uyghurs. In the world, I know the Chinese government really cracks down hard on it. Like they do not like those people. Um, as of like 2011 in Ukraine, there's 197 Uyghurs. 
They're, they're spread all over. They're kind of like the Kurds, dude. Because oh, yeah, the Uyghurs, in there's some China, in Turkmenistan. There's some in Kurd, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Pakistan, Russia, Ukraine, and uh, there's oh wow, there's a thousand in Canada. As really? 2016. Yeah. That's weird, man. Yeah, it's weird. Like we nationality like when you're from china china you're chinese you're from iraq you're iraqi and shit like that but there's so many different little tribes that exist in those that we they kind of get overlooked that have their own culture and their own history that he that is completely separate from the nationality itself oh yeah i mean well you know i think that's something people don't really uh, realize like especially when you get into europe it's like those those thousand year old two thousand year old you know greco-roman tribes they, they still exist people are like oh you're greek i'm macedonian don't you fucking call me that yeah dude macedonians <laughs> i'm um associate with them uh, but it's weird because alexander the Great is macedonian but we look at him it's like oh he's greek but it's like no fuck you he's macedonian like yeah the, the common misconception of the ancient greeks it's like you mean the ancient city states that happen to worship the helen religion or roughly did <laughs> in that area that we call Greece today. Um, you know, and then you run into, like, I tell people all the time, I make jokes about it. Uh, I'm like, oh, fuck the Roma. I hate the Roma. And people are like, I thought you were Italian. I'm like, I didn't say Romans, bitch. I meant Roma. You know, and that's what you would call a gypsy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> people Roma, from just... Romania, you know, uh, yeah, or, or originated yeah. from the, the Roma. Or it's like, oh, I'm Polish. Oh, you're a Pole. No, I'm, I'm a Serb. And it's like, but I've been stuck in Poland. My family has for generations. It's like, okay, calm the fuck down. No, nah, the first time I got introduced to that was um, uh, when I was 18. I lived in Turkey. I lived there for about two years. And uh, for the, those of you who don't know, uh, you hear a lot about them on the news now is the Kurds or the Kurdish. Like they're, they're in I Iraq, Syria, and remind Turkey. Me that. I, I got a note on those guys. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, the Kurds are pretty interesting. But like when I was in Turkey, man, like if we got anyone listening to this from Turkey, I'm sorry because what I'm about to say is about to piss you the fuck off. Um, <laughs> sorry, Emma. Turks like, I know, right? Dude. Turks fucking hate the Kurds. It's like weird why I live there because you come from America and in America you have like a certain degree of like racial tension. Like I know people like to think like I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but like a lot of people think there's like a huge degree of racial. T- you don't really understand that till you kind of go to like a lot of these far off countries where there's really racial tension and shit like that. Like when I first moved to Turkey, I, I met a Turkish guy who was like, "Oh, stay away! Is Turkey's great country? Stay away from the Kurds. Kurds fucking steal your wallet the second you turn around." Like, that's the way they view them, and they do not associate with these motherfuckers at all. And like, they're actually pretty cool people. Like, but they're just a minority group that just happens to live in these three countries. But it, the whole point of this is they have their own fucking history, and they have a really deep, rich culture. And I remember uh, we'd been living there like six months, and I went to uh, Mersin, which is right on the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, not all, but there are some gypsies who are Kurdish, and they sit down. It basically sounds like Google Bordello, man, like without the electric <laughs> guitar, dude. They sit down, they sit down at the beach and just sit there and jam and shit like that. And people um, sit and like throw dimes at them and shit like that. And uh, I just sit down there and drink a beer and play. It's fucking nuts, dude. But they like look at like the Turks look at those motherfuckers like they're garbage. It's weird, man. Like 
And it shows you, you think like kind of the funny thing about racism in anywhere, you know, then you talk to a Kurd and be like, what about the Turks? Oh, fuck the Turks. They club you on the back of the head as soon as you turn around and take your wallet. They, <laughs> they fucking hate them. And I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I know a lot of people would be like, you're a fucking douchebag for even saying this. They look the fucking same. They look the exact fucking same. They have got the same goddamn olive skin. They both look Mediterranean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they look at each other. Oh, fuck that motherfucker right there. Like, that's the weird thing about race. Like, I like to think I'm not racist at all. Like, I, I fuck with everyone. And it's just weird, like, how, like, even in that, like... I'm an equal opportunity really racist. Well, like, everyone's pretty <laughs> much the same. But, like, when you look at it like that, like, when you look at it, like, in that, like, no, microscopic thing... those vein, people with those, those old school statist mentalities they look the exact like, same yeah. they the exact same color those they Kurds have big they, noses and the Kurds are like fuck yeah, the they Turks fucking they have that big shit. bent noses yeah dude, it's fucking weird man it's fucking weird <laughs> so on, on that note on the Kurds man I was reading uh, March of the 10,000 by Xenophon this is a book like written in 350 BC or some shit he lived 430 to 354 BC and he's got like the longest military march in history, going from uh, the the capital of the Achaemenid Persian Empire back mm. to Greece over land. And this is twenty four hundred fucking years ago, and people did still didn't fuck with the Kurds back then. They're like, you don't want to go through those mountains. They're like, why not? It's quick. It's right. He's like, Kurds live there. You try to go near a Kurdish village, they build up on those Dude, Kurds will fuck people up in a heartbeat. Though yeah, I wouldn't like, give those look that. like city walls. They're not city walls. The Kurds, the ancient Kurds. Would like make a, you know, a half moon like downhill, of uh, stones, and an army would approach, and it's like, well, we're just gonna roll these bad boys down the fucking hill, and that'll be that. You ain't doing shit about it, because I mean, you've got to march two by two, you know, on these these tiny ass mountain roads to get through the the Kurdish mountains. Dude, the Kurds are fucking crazy. Like they're really cool. Like I, I've learned a lot in a couple of years. Like living in Turkey, kind of met it, but like um, as I said earlier, like I'm studying political science, and one of my political science uh professors he took seven years off and went to iraq to teach political science at an american university <laughs> in iraq yeah. and he taught it in fucking I, I gotta be politically correct here it's in northern iraq but they consider it kurdistan it's like a different part of iraq it pretty much kind of falls under its own like province and shit like that right yeah, and he was sit, like in their own province it'll come yeah down. yeah that like, when you, right, so when you say that like he <laughs> You think back to the 80s when Saddam Hussein like gassed the Kurds. That's what he gassed was like the north, nor I think northwestern province of Iraq uh, where the Kurds are. And um, but there's a lot of different provinces. I mean, there's a lot of different tribes within the Kurds. Uh, the Kurds are really unique in the fact that there's two Muslim religions. I mean, sorry, two Muslim like I guess how you think of like Catholicism and the Protestant Reformation. There's two like ideological schools of thought, and that's Sunni and Shia. And the Kurds are really unique in the sense that they think that Kurdish first, and then Sunni, and then Shia. And there's also like some Christian Kurds as well, but they put Kurds above everything. And he was saying that like uh, when he was in Iraq, you know, they would go off and visit, and there were certain sects. They he'd be like, "Hey, can we go up on that mountain? Like, why not?" It's like, uh, what the fuck are they called? Uh, I can't think of the name of them right now. They, PGK? No. PKK. That's what they're called. They're called the PKK. We had them in, when I was in Turkey as well. And they're like, PKK maintains that mountain. We can't go over there. 
And they're like, that is like the extremist form of the, of the Kurds. They're the Marxist unit of the Kurds. They're like oh, hardcore. <laughs> yeah. They're like hardcore Marxist Kurds. And they're like, that mountain. It's really yeah, they're like, fuck it. that. <laughs> fuck that. That's, that's, that's uh, PKK, man. We're not going up there. Fascinating. Well, there's a look into the old world bleeding into the modern world for uh, the rest of you. And uh, on yeah. that note, I think we'll uh, call it a gay, uh, day here. A gay here. We'll call it a gay right here. But uh, once call again, day brought to you by Baby Clubs, the only uh, home defense system that puts a baby on a stick to bludgeon your intruders with. So, No, before we finish, dude, uh, do you want to plug my thing real oh, quick? plug away. Plug away. There's no such thing as a shameless plug. Shame on you. I don't know, right? Yeah, so... Uh, we also do another podcast. Uh, I'm doing one myself. It's called uh, the History Nerd Podcast. We're doing a 15 minute breakdown of uh, different events in history that I'm currently like obsessed with at the time. Uh, we just did the f- first one on the Carter administration. I'm going to do one soon on the Man Eaters of Sabo. Um, Ooh, it's based on a yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, based on old uh, J. H. Patterson. Well, it's not actually not. It's actually based on his journal when he was in Africa hunting lions. Uh, but Chris is going to come on soon. Uh, he, he's still trying to, he's working on his stuff right now, what he's going to do on. Yeah. And, well, uh, um, we're, you know, like, like the great Dan Carlin, I'm going to sit here for three fucking months while I try to think of like a topic. Cause like, man, there's a lot to choose from and a lot that I'm fascinated with and would love to share, you know, like I'm jumping between like my ultra, my, my, my nerdgasm passion there and like world war one and some of the esoteric parts of that, or like, do I want to jump all the way back to the Scythians, you know, cause those people are endlessly fucking fascinating or do I want to do something in between? There's only about you know, 3000 year gap there. But that's the way it is, man. Like when you, when you try to break it down, like there's, that's what's so nice about doing this podcast. Cause I have to, I've to read so many books like this semester, like, with the class, I currently am having like 20th century American history and Islamic studies and international relations and stuff like that. It's kind of nice doing this because it's it's cool studying that, but it's nice to have a little breakaway and be able to like concentrate on like random parts of history that don't really get covered that much. Yeah, like uh, some of those little fun nuggets of information that that build up in your brain and then later vanish when you don't need them anymore. I don't know, totally, dude. Like, I was, like that one I saw you about earlier. The one, uh, um, Ross, um, what was her name? Ross, uh, Sari Sophia. Uh, Something unpronounced. Yeah, she's a Cambodian singer. Like that one, I really started doing that one. Um, but I'm gonna have to break down an episode on that. Oh, oh but, hey, the John Wayne Gacy thing went through. Yeah, Peja Thai, Bong Mui. What? Oh wait, uh, Rosaria Cero. No, you're pulling that video I sent you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serio Sophia. Um, for Cero, those that don't Cero know, Serio Sophia. Serio yeah. Sophia. Jesus. I I really want to do an episode on her, but there's not that much history on her. Um, uh, if any of you know the story of Cambodia and Pol Pot, uh, Rosaria Sophia was a singer in Cambodia. And she came from like a poor family and she was like literally and sorry, illiterate and they discovered her voice and she became a really prominent singer in the early seventies and like blended American psychedelia with Cambodian traditional music. And the problem is like 
right when she got famous is when Pol Pot came in and he did a genocide on the country. So anyone that was like an Amer- like an entertainer or had a college degree, Pol Pot like killed all those fuckers. And I really want to do like a podcast on her because it's just such a, it's like, I was listening to her music earlier. They called her like the golden voice, or like the, the queen of the golden boys. Like her songs are really beautiful, but it's, it's a really sad. So like when you hear those songs, it's kind of sad because you know, she got killed like right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically purged anybody that could be remotely uh, charged with being an intellectual or artist. Dude, not even intellectuals, man. He was purging people that wore fucking glasses. Well, again, like, because you could vaguely accuse him of being an intellectual. You're like, oh, yeah, he wears glasses. He must be a fucking smarty pants. Well, like, he had this weird fucking idea. Let's, uh, we're going to, like, you know, fuck this intellectualism. We're all going to go back to the fucking rice fields, and we're going <laughs> to just be a completely aggro country and support each other. And so anyone that had a fucking medical, anyone that had a college degree was killed. <laughs> so they killed all the fucking doctors, killed all the lawyers, killed yeah, all the fucking dead. at all the dead people. But, you know, how fucking no, dude, do you it, have to be to be like, who the fuck needs doctors? <laughs> dude, this is how fucked, like, Pol Pot was, Back in my was, day, man. you, you like, break a leg, you put him down like a horse. That's how we did it. <laughs> this, this is how fucked Pol Pot was. Like, seriously, like, he fucked, he killed 3.5 million Cambodians. In the course of like four years or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So that's like half of the fucking country's population. He killed anyone that had a college degree. Basically, what he wanted was he killed anyone that could read or write. He wanted illiterate people that would just go to the rice field and fucking work for his ass. And if you wore glasses, fuck you. Uh, we're not about to have any optometrists. So, like, they're not going to help you with your fucking eye problem. So, <laughs> fucking kill those people. And, like, anyone that's an entertainer, kill them. And, like, uh, uh, Ross uh, Saria Sothea was killed in that process. Uh, well, they think they don't know what the fuck happened to her because um, um, when they when the uh, Kumantang not Kumantang um, Khmer, yeah, yeah, I don't know why Kumantang. That's the fucking Chinese. Yeah, that was the Chinese Nationalist Party. Uh, the Khmer Rouge entered into uh, the Cambodian capital. They just fucking started killing everyone. So no one knows what the fuck happened to her. It's a really sad story, but it's like I think it's a I want to do a podcast on her because since it is such a sad story, I think it's important to like, you know, commemorate what the fuck happened in her life and commemorate those people that were brutally killed. The the goddamn cracks of history. I mean, you know, if you told people, Oh, what about the massacres in, in Kampuchea? They're like, the fuck is that? Yeah. It's one of those things that, I mean, Nazi Germany gets covered a lot and it's important. They get covered a lot, but there's a lot of other like horrific genocides that should be covered. Yeah, and that's what Google we want to do on the history. Nerd just have. People also oh. search for Ho Chi Minh, Idi Amin, Hussein. Dude, dude this is how fucking Nile. bad Pol Pot was, dude. Like fucking Ho Chi Minh came in in 79. And it's like, fucking took Pol Pot out of power. He still, he let his head live to like 1998. But, like, it took his ass out of power because he said Pol Pot's government was too fucking corrupt. You gotta be a fucking <laughs> horrific motherfucker to let Ho Chi Minh come in and just be like, alright, that's enough. That'd be like if Joseph Stalin came in somewhere and was like, hey, wait, that's too much killing. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I mean, just we're nailing fucking, snakes to trees, but you guys are fucked up. <laughs> yeah, just fucking, I mean, horrific shit, man, horrific shit. But it's important to talk about that shit because 
it doesn't get covered enough. And for God's sake, 3.5 million people lost, lost their lives. So it's stuff that I do want to cover because it's interesting. And it, like I said, it doesn't get covered like it should in history, history classes. Mm-hmm. True that, you know, and uh, True that. with those final words, uh, I tell uh, all our listeners, go have a smoke, try not to choke. And uh, we'll see you next week on what in the world? What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> so, I'll catch you later, man. Later, man. <laughs>